Ladies and gentlemen, you know what that sound means. It means it's episode 182 of the Personal Arrogance Podcast brought to you by the Bald Move Network. I am one of your hosts. My name is Eric Flynn for the win, Walquist. <laughs> and joining me this week, as he does each and every week, is the other host of the show. His name is... Uh, I'm Jesse, sick as a dog, Wilson. Oh, sick as a dog. Yeah, I got really sick. Oh, God. It's not just the hangover? No, no, it is. It's full bug mode. Ugh. Well, should make for a deliciously sounding cast. Yeah, exactly. Should get plenty of gunk in there. uh, (laughs) I don't even know. (laughs) Oh, man. Did he take any Sudafed or anything? I just took some Dayquil, but yeah, I took some stuff earlier, too. Sudafed, Dayquil kind of affects me. I get pretty affected by all all drugs in general. Um, over the yeah, counter. Well, this kids, could be a wacky cast for me, maybe. I know, man. Well, that's what I was. I, I, I uh, you know, I recommended a few a few episodes ago the Alka Seltzer, like all in one cold pill, which uh-huh. does the job, but you will see Elvis. That's a side effect, <laughs> a common side effect. It reminds me of that. Uh, there was like the Chris Farley SNL sketch where you just take the. Uh, Take the medicine yeah. and sleep through the entire flu season. Exactly. <laughs> I always thought it was funny on those. I can't remember. Uh, it was like Cymbalta or something. There was a sleep pill. And in the commercials, they would have these moths fly in and like land on people and help them sleep. But I just always imagined it was like, take one Cymbalta and a mystical moth will fly through your window and leech onto your back, parasiting you into a coma for eight hours. <laughs> it's, it's actually that brown wizard from uh, yeah. <laughs> Lord of the Rings. It totally is. <laughs> it's like I am a... Zimbaltor, powerful brown wizard of the East. <laughs> it's like uh, side effects include uh, irritation at the bite site. We mean risk of stroke. <laughs> bite site. Uh, <laughs> he eats your dreams, Cymbalta. We eat your dreams. <laughs> he gets power through eating your dreams, exactly. leaving you in a uh, un unrememberable uh, stasis. You'll as soon as the mystical moth leeches onto your back, you will close your eyes and then open them as if blinking. But eight hours will have passed. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, Jesse, did you have a good weekend? Uh, yeah, it was exciting. Anything good happen? Uh, well, I don't know. I ate, uh, I ate some meat pie that my mom made, so that With was one cool. hand. Yeah, I actually called your mom and I yelled at her. I think I'm, I'm a little hazy <laughs> on the details. I, I, and by yell, I mean I was speaking at high volume. It was an excited yeah. yell. Uh, I but, lost yeah. control of my voice. <sighs> the Super Bowl happened, and uh, oh my god, man, world champions. Who won? I, <laughs> Steelers? Steelers. I don't want to, uh, you know, I don't want to say I called it, but I did say that I would be disappointed <laughs> if they didn't win the Super Bowl. And guess what, guys? Not disappointed. Yeah, <sighs> I, I can't believe it. I can't. I cannot I believe it. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. We're I, gonna... I mean, I feel like the, the Broncos, like, did their team bus run over a car full of gypsies on the way to the stadium or something? <laughs> that was they were cursed. <laughs> they were completely cursed, dude. They were cursed. They uh, it, well, they were Jermaine cursed. They were Jermaine cursed in the third quarter. Uh, <laughs> I love Seahawks puns. No, we should the, probably save the the football talk to the end as uh, we, per request okay. by several listeners. Well, and I think that we'll also 
Well, it'll be spread out throughout. I'm just saying that like they played at two speeds from the beginning of the game. It was obvious that the that the Broncos were not as prepared for what the Seahawks will bring in. And then it got brought, and then they were like, we have no idea what to do now. Well, the, the Broncos were not prepared for the first snap. They weren't. <laughs> what the hell was that, man? Did you hear the crowd noise? Like, the yeah. 12th man showed up. I mean, up. it was just because of crowd noise, but... I don't know. Uh, it, it was a uh, it was a beautiful thing. Anyway, I'm sure we'll talk about it throughout the show, but uh, we do have to do a dedication. So I think obviously, uh, you know, we have to dedicate this episode to the Seattle Seahawks for bringing the first Super Bowl championship to the city of Seattle, the first championship of any kind in 35 years. And uh, I yeah, wasn't born except for WNBA ago. championship titles, major major titles. I wouldn't give it to the MLS either. I'm talking about big time, big time titles. Yeah, um, there's like the big four, which is even like it's really a big three. It really is the big baseball, back basketball, football. <laughs> I think we just pissed off all the hockey fans, but anyway, this one goes out to the Seahawks. <laughs> uh, and Jesse, what are you drinking tonight? I'm drinking free beer from work. I, mm-hmm. I'm like not even in the condition to attempt to uh, approach beer from a level other than like it goes in your mouth. <laughs> Well, I'm glad that you're still drinking, even though you're sick. Well, you know, I gotta power, gotta power through it. (laughs) It's safer than the water in this town. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm drinking the uh, Widmer Brothers Alchemy Ale. This is a one of my go-to standby ales. I love this. Yeah, isn't that good? It's so good. I I got a 12 pack of it for the game, and I also got a 12 pack of Red Chair from Deschutes, which is another standby. And then uh, everybody who came over brought beer. I don't know why people think they need to bring beer when they come to my apartment, but I'm happy that they do, because I drink yeah. it all. It's a really good batch of red chair this year. I was enjoying that a few weeks ago. Yeah, and it's great to try Widmer Alchemy next to red chair, because you really get the vast contrast between those two beers, even though they're both like delicious, yeah. drinkable ales. Sweet. Um, But, yeah. And I also like that it's cold enough now. I just put my beer out on the on the porch, and it's like the perfect temperature when I drink it. It's awesome. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Is it cold as the Rockies outside? It's cold as the Cascades. <laughs> cold as, cold the, as ca- the Olympics where I live. Yeah, cold. Yeah, that's probably yeah, it's probably more apropos for you, West Sider. Uh, but we do have quite a bit of listener feedback this week. You guys hooped and hollered and, and made a big stink about this uh, football game that happened. And so we're going to get to that. And uh, we're going to start with something that I'm calling the Tale of Two Super Bowls. Uh, so first call, we're going to go out to Denver, Colorado. Here it is. Hey, Eric and Jesse, this is Cody from Denver. Just wanted to call and wish you a happy Super Bowl week, especially since the orange and blue are going to be crushing the Seahawks. But now you guys did a great cast last week from that side, and honestly, as a lifelong Denver fan, Denver native, born and raised on the Broncos, couldn't wish for a better Super Bowl matchup. So what we, we all knew was coming at the beginning of the season, and now we get to see one hell of a game. So go Broncos, but congrats to the Seahawks. Hope you guys have a great one. Just croaking the cutthroat porter. I'm going to enjoy it. So you guys stay arrogant and get off my back, especially my running backs. So unfortunately, that, and I just want to pre pre What's that? I said too soon with the the running back thing. Oh well, how is No Sean? I I I don't know. Did he get hurt? 
Yeah, they took him off the out of the game in like the third. Oh, gee, I was totally gone by that point. Uh, <laughs> so this this happened before the game, obviously. And Cody, we're not trying to rub it or anything. We just have you know this policy. We play all of the voicemails. Uh, and I just want to put it out there: like Denver had an amazing year. They had a great, great year. Uh, they just it it was just like something happened in this game that was a crazy thing that happened. But uh, and it, it I was, gotta say, like. If, if a genie had come to me before the game and been like, the final score is going to be 43-8, and mm-hmm. I'll give you a million dollars if you guess which team it was. <laughs> yeah. But before the Super Bowl, I probably would have said it would be the Denver Broncos yeah, to get hands that score. Down. Hands down. I, w- I was really afraid of that. So, Jesse, when did you when did you think that the game was over? Uh, with the Percy Harvin kickoff return for a touchdown. Okay. That was the knife twist. Before that, I was like, the Hawks could still blow it. Blow it. Oh, yeah. Especially coming in after uh, halftime. They yeah, exactly. Like, the Broncos team can make the adjustments they need to do to come back. And, uh, you know, a couple of a couple of bad turnovers by the Seahawks and the uh, Broncos are right back in it. And then when Percy Harvin took it to the house, I was like, or maybe not. <laughs> See, a lot of people are saying that, that that was the dagger, but that only put the Seahawks up 29 to nothing. Which is a four touchdown game with one two point conversion, and right. I was, and it was only twelve seconds into the second half. So basically, you give the Broncos the whole second half still. And even at that point, I was like, "They're gonna find a way to blow this." <laughs> Being a lifelong Seattle sports fan, I the moment that sealed it for me was the Jermaine Curse touchdown to put them up thirty six to nothing. That right. was that was the moment where I started the maniacal laughter, and then I came into uh, my bedroom and I fell on the bed and I did nothing but do a high screech laugh because it was all <laughs> it was the only thing my body could do emotionally when I realized that we were going to win the Super Bowl. Um, but uh, somebody else had a really good Super Bowl, and I think we had something to do with it. Uh, here is uh, our next call. It is officially final. I would like to be the first person to congratulate you guys for winning the Super Bowl. I. On the way down to my friend's bar, my cousin texted me and wanted me to bet $100 on it. And I was like, fuck it, I'll take the Seahawks. And I won. Thank you so much, guys. I'm so happy for you guys, too. 43 to 8 is a fucking ass-whipping. That one that I forgot <laughs> it shouldn't even really count it. So congratulations on winning your first championship in, like, almost 40 years in that town. You guys deserve it. You guys are great fans, great supporters. And... um Hopefully, one of our big games went soon down here in Houston. My Dynamo won a couple championships, and that was great, but the whole city didn't really care because it's soccer. But congratulations again so much, guys. Um, uh, if you didn't know, this is Rob Sip in Houston. <laughs> I'll be Rob Sip and Friends podcast. And I'm about to talk to a couple <laughs> nice of my play. friends here at this bar about, uh, about this game. Uh, and I'm looking at Pete Carroll giving hugs. Uh, I still don't like Pete Carroll, but you know what? Fuck it. I like uh, being many even less. So, again, congratulations, you guys. The Seahawks deserve the NFC is way better than the AFC. Hopefully, my Bears can come back and uh, not something next year. So, anyway, um, I just wanted to be the first. Congratulate you. I got in right at the final whistle. So, um, I am number one. Mercies! <laughs> Thanks, Rob. I forgot he was a Bears fan. Yeah, he's a Bears fan who lives in Houston. So uh, yeah, it must be rough. It must be rough. Um, so, what do you think about that sentiment, though, that the NFC is better than the AFC? 
Did this seal it? Uh, well, I think there's three teams in the NFC West that would have won that Super Bowl. I mean, that's what I'm thinking, man, is like, how do the 49ers feel? Like, basically... No, that's what I was thinking. When yeah. I was watching that game, I was like, Kaepernick must be kicking his... Literally got out of his truck and kicked himself <laughs> in his own ass right now because he was one He was one pass away from winning the Super Bowl. Right. Like, if the, the 49ers would have demolished him. I honestly don't... Oh, yeah. I honestly don't think that the 49ers defense is as good as the Seahawks defense. I don't know if it would have been the same blowout, but I think that the 49ers would have won that game. Hands down. Yeah. I don't I don't think there's any way they could have contained Kaepernick either, that defense. Yeah, there's no they weren't containing anybody. They they didn't <laughs> they didn't show up and they weren't physical. They like apparently there's reports out now, there was a tweet out today that said Demarius Thomas separated his shoulder in the first quarter. Like this yeah, team nice. was just not physically prepared for NFC football. Uh Yeah, he should have uh gotten his shoulder what are you talking about <laughs> he wasn't prepared for having his shoulder separated yeah but he just wasn't i mean i just think the team in general was not prepared for the physicality that the seahawks were going to bring i just uh, don't think yeah, that there there's a match for that kind of physicality in the afc i don't know if you can prepare yourself for cam chancellor freaking <laughs> bulldozing you like that though that's true man that was he built he bulldozed uh, julius thomas that wasn't even demarius Oh really? Yeah, getting Thomas is mixed up. Maybe I that got, was I got maybe that was Thomas. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. yeah, I I I do think that I do think that the NFC is right now the 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 better conference. However, it's it's football, man. Parity is parity, and you never know what could happen next season. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we got one more. Next year, the Jags make it all yeah, the way. Exactly the year that bringing yeah with uh with the uh, the former uh, defensive coordinator from the Seahawks. As their coach. You got the Pete Carroll yep. coaching tree coming out now. All right. We got one more uh, Super Bowl uh, voicemail, but it's not quite about football. Here it is. Hey there, Eric and Jesse. This is Levi graciously taking his spot as the number two Levi of the podcast, Reekin from Houston, Texas. I wanted to say congratulations to your Seahawks for winning their sporting competition this Sunday. I actually saw pretty much the whole game. I'm not really a football fan, but my wife wanted to stick around for the commercials, so we watched it. It was a good game. Uh, Glad your guys were able to show their chops and did a very good job. I wanted to mention a couple of the commercials that aired. Uh, One of them, stirring a little bit of controversy from ignorant bigots all across the United States, and of course I'm talking about the Coca-Cola commercial in which... America the Beautiful is saying in multiple languages, and apparently some people feel this is un-American, and that the only language we should use when singing America the Beautiful is the native language of English, since that originated on this continent and has been spoken here for many centuries. The other commercial might be actually a bigger controversy, and that was the Bob Dylan Chrysler commercial in which he states, let Germany make your beer, Switzerland make your watches, and let us make your cars. I was wondering if that possibly hit a nerve with Jesse or either one of you guys that Bob Dylan is saying that Germany should be making our beers and sort of dismissing the American craft beer movement. 
Um, yeah, maybe it's not a big deal because it's just a Super Bowl commercial, but uh, food for thought, something to think about. Anyway, stay arrogant. Bye. Thanks, Levi. Get off my back. Get off my back. Um, and you know, Jesse, do you take as a brewer? Do you take any offense to this? No, I don't care. I, um, I don't. Bo- think I've that always he said- hated Bob Dylan. <laughs> For one thing, he sounds like a, he sounds like someone trying to get a weed whacker going. Yeah, I don't think he said "Let Germany make your beer." I think he said "Let Germany make your beer." Let Germany make your beer. <laughs> Let Germany that make your beer. Uh, sorry, just taking down the uh... <laughs> exactly. That's that's our. That, this is a thrilling reenactment. Thank you, <clears throat> but. I don't know. I mean, German beer isn't a huge part of the market share of beer in America, anyway. So yeah, I I think that he could. I'd have be had more to... upset if I was a if I was a big American brewer. I think I'd be more upset. Yeah, uh, well, I, I don't think there's any reason to be upset about Bob Dylan obviously taking a paycheck and going against everything he's ever talked about by being by being yeah, a exactly. spokesperson in a commercial. So uh, I don't want to work on Maggie's farm no more because I'd rather work on this Chrysler commercial. <laughs> exactly. Oh God. Uh, we got what else we got? We got here. Oh, we got this great, very interesting voicemail. Here it is. The number for Jane. Jane, this is DJ. Uh, please call me back at five seven five. Okay. Uh, so anyway, Gene, if you're what? out there, call DJ back. Do you... <laughs> Eric, I think you have a new persona. <laughs> Julius Jean, the DJ. Jane, this DJ. Fortunately, I think Gene. Like, I think there's. Oh, a number... I thought it was someone asking for a DJ. No, DJ is the person. Gene is who they're looking for. Oh. So I, I think that I think what happened here is there was a romance that occurred at a Uh-oh. some kind of uh, establishment. There was a phone number that was given, obviously by a listener named Gene. <laughs> perhaps a derivative of Eugene. Perhaps a derivative of Gino, who gave Uh-oh. out the phone number. <laughs> And uh, and unfortunately, so anyway, Gene's D- DJ's looking for you. You can go ahead and drop us a line, and uh, we'll give you the details of her phone number. And then <laughs> finally, we got this great, great, uh, another great gem from our Kentucky Colonel, Mr. Roger Dotsy. Here it is. Hey guys, hope all is well. I don't have a lot to contribute today, but I did want to weigh on your um, people saying they hate what you do type situation. <laughs> uh, Jesse, you know, at least there are a lot of people who love beer. Need I remind you to, I know exactly what you feel. I am a freaking dentist. <laughs> I hear that shit every week. Every time I meet someone new, pretty much. Oh, I hate the they don't just say they hate what I do. They literally say they hate me. <laughs> uh, seriously, so I feel your pain. It's kind of tough, but actually every once in a while I get someone saying, oh, that's fun. I like going to the dentist. But that's very rare. Anyway, I was just laughing listening to your whole conversation because I completely feel your pain. And yeah, worse than a bunch of <laughs> anyway, I hope you guys are doing well. I'm going to weigh in on Oscar picks pretty soon. So 
get ready for that. All right, see ya. All right, thank you, Roger, for being our Oscar correspondent because I am behind on my <laughs> Oscar picks. But, uh, get but yeah, off to- my back. Get off my back. Uh, I totally feel – well, I don't feel your pain. Uh, you Apparently, you give me pain because you are a dentist, sir. I I actually liked my dentist when I was growing up as a kid. He was super nice, and like I, I was on a on a good kind of relationship with him. So. Right, yeah. Why would I- you hate your dentist? He's keeping your mouth clean. Yeah, exactly. Like it's not his fault that like they're like it's your fault. If you don't like the dentist, yeah, it's your I, fault. It's one hundred percent your fault. Because mm-hmm. uh, and you the did le- something wrong. The less you listen to your dentist, probably the more you hate them. Yeah. All right. Well, we got uh, we got a few more emails, but we're gonna get to the show. Maybe uh, touch back on those during the Facebook roundup. Jesse, you got a twenty sided die. Yes, sir. Little tiny Matt roll off. We're gonna roll twenty sided die. See who gets to talk first on the podcast this week. And away we roll. <laughs> I rolled a 19. Oh, I rolled a 20, baby. <laughs> oh, man. Woo! Oh, man. Well, at least we know that our dice roll was closer than the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we have we have listeners in Colorado, man. I know we have listeners in Colorado, man. But uh, I, I'm just enjoying I can enjoy with. Yeah. I'm not gloating got, against the. the I got Broncos. yelled at on my Facebook today. Why? By a Colorado fan, he said I was being a bad sport. Well, I don't. You know, any any time you're celebrating, it's it it's, it can be perceived as you rubbing it in. But I just want to let our yeah. Colorado fans know we're not rubbing it in. Like you guys have had this happen. Your team has even been to a World Series in recent memory. This just never happens to this town. It's never happened. We like we don't know how to react, so if we're a little brash, we apologize. Um. Anyway, uh, my first topic this week is going to be about games. Here we go. Finish So, Jesse, have you heard of the uh, website Shut Up and Sit Down? Uh, I don't think so, Tim. <laughs> so it's this website. Uh, it used to be part of the Penny Arcade TV network, um, but it's these two British I... kids. Yeah, it's these two British kids, and they uh, review board games, and they've actually made it into quite a lucrative business. I think that they made like eighty thousand dollars in their next kick- in their last Kickstarter campaign. So, wowza! Yeah, well, it's only forty thousand pounds. So don't uh, don't well don't wowza too much. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> They have this. Uh, I, I recommend their site. I, I don't always agree with them. They don't really like Arkham Horror, which uh, I, I completely disagree with. But uh, they do do a lot of board games, and they just made me say doo doo. So they're not that bad. <laughs> uh, anyway, they have uh, they do all these videos, and uh, one of the things that they recently did is they went to this place uh, in Britain. They are in England, and it's called the London Hack Space. Apparently, this is like a place where artists and I'm guessing a lot of steampunk enthusiasts get together and uh, invent stuff. A bunch of young bucks getting together and inventing stuff. They went there and they played this game called the LHS Bike Shed. And uh, Uh the LHS Bike Shed is basically they took what in Britain you would call a caravan. We would call it a trailer here in in the United States and uh, turned it into basically like a periwinkle. I, I, I periwinkle blue. Uh, yeah, 
but uh, but they they turned it into a uh, a simulator, spaceship simulator, and basically somebody could be in there or have eyes in there with like a little webcam and uh, be the DM and kind of control what's going on from an iPad outside. And then there are four stations within there. So there's like the tracking missile station. There's the driving station. There's the engineering station. Uh, I think there's one other station. Um, and then all this shit happens. There's a giant screen. There's asteroids. There's aliens. It's like a really cool thing. And it's basically like this little 20-minute experience where you're in a space simulator. Um, That's radical. Yeah, it's awesome because it basically plays on that idea of when you were a kid and you would uh, cut up a refrigerator box and turn it into a spaceship. This is the same thing. They just happen to be like programmers and stuff. Uh, yeah. And so anyway, it's really awesome. You can check out, there's videos online of it. It's called the LHS Bike Shed. Um, but Jesse, have you ever been in and like this? this- is in What's that? It's in LA? No, it's in London. It's oh. in London, England. Sorry, I thought you said the L.A. something bike shed. Well, it's the LHS, which I think is like the British oh. version of something. I don't know. Because it's a HMS. Anyway. I guess the LHS is probably what they call their spaceships. But do they have spaceships? It's too cloudy for um, space in England. They at least have satellites. All right, maybe that's it. Sorry, uh, my ears are full of phlegm, so I can't <laughs> hear that well. That's okay. It's uh, gotten to that point. <laughs> good, good, good. Uh, so, anyway, um, uh, have you ever been in a simulator, Jesse? Like a real simulation experience? I've been on that Star Wars ride at Disneyland circa right. 2004. Great ride. But that's about as close as I've gotten. Well, and you haven't even been on it since they redid it. No. Have you? Oh, yeah, that's right. You just went. Yeah, well, I went last year for my honeymoon. We yeah. stopped by Disneyland, and we got to go to Hoth. We got to go to Naboo. We got to go inside a hangar in a Star Destroyer. Uh, what did we? There was that time my uh, my family won family double there, so I got to go to space camp. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, that was a dream I had. <laughs> well, that was the other thing. Like when I was a kid, I went to um, the Museum of Flight here in Seattle. And mm-hmm. they had this like space simulator thing. I think I did it through Boy Scouts, where half of the time you spend your time in mission control, um, talking through like a comm link to the spaceship. And I was on like the agriculture team, I think, which is a little <laughs> bit lame, but I enjoyed it. So half the time you're, <laughs> half the time you're. When in- I think space exploration, I think agriculture. Well, you got to grow plants, man. It's part of space. Yeah. Um, uh, this is Houston agriculture team coming. How's that corn doing? <laughs> Seeds are in the pod. Over. Out. Uh, but I, uh, you know, I, uh, there was, there was like half the time you're in mission control and then the other half of the time you were on the spaceship. So you were like on the same team, but you'd switch places, which was uh-huh. like the coolest thing ever. And you got like to wear these NASA jackets and stuff. It was super cool. <laughs> jackets had a lot. They do. Um, it's amazing how just wearing a different article of clothing really can put you in a totally different mind space. Yeah. And like uh there apparently there's this thing out at Gen Con called Real Dungeon, which is basically like D&D but oh, they God. like they do it big. Uh Yeah, I've heard about this. I heard uh the Bald Move Overlords 
discussing it one time. Apparently, mm-hmm. really weird and like expensive and hard to get into. It's super expensive because apparently you have to like like you get like uh well that's the thing about Gen Con is you have to pay for everything. It's like this. Yeah, state I want to go to Gen Con, but it's not like a racket. <laughs> it's like the state fair of uh of conventions. Everything costs money, and Real Dungeon is like apparently you can like buy spells and stuff, and people sell like little spell chips and stuff. I don't know what it. Do. I don't oh, even no, know. Uh, is it is it pay to win? It's kind of pay to win, from what I understand. I don't need microtransactions in my role playing game. <laughs> That's that's always the one thing that I've always thought role playing games are lacking is microtransactions. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Maybe that's maybe that's an element I'll work into my next D and D game. I just think it's so funny. Like I don't think anybody's ever said that about any game. Oh, if only there were more microtransactions. That'd be much better. This game is great, but I didn't have enough opportunities to spend money. <laughs> Real money on it. But this is where I, so like this thing got my brain a buzz. And so, uh, there's a couple things. And just, oh, wait, when you were at, uh, you were at SteamCon, you were covering that for G4. Wasn't there like uh, a weird, like, room type of thing? It wasn't really a simulator, but it was, there was like a weird role play. Right. What was that? Yeah, about? They, they decked out a couple of the hotel rooms and like did, uh, sort of a steampunk, obviously, at SteamCon, uh, role playing game and like, Everyone got in there, and once you were in there, it was like a contained environment, and the game kind of played out within those two rooms. This sounds I think this sounds a little more risque than it actually was. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's no real dungeon. <laughs> yeah, but the weird thing about it is there were like windows so you could like look in and see the people role-playing. Right, yeah, there were like portholes. Anyway. There's no windows in the steampunk universe. Everything is portholes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Porthole 2 is actually the new steampunk game coming out. Uh, anyway. Good. That's a good one. Thank you. But Jesse, you just got my brain a buzz. So, of course, like you could have a submarine simulator. Basically, you want to get people who are in some kind of contained environment. There's also apparently the Star Trek experience in Las Vegas, which I guess is kind of a Star Trek Enterprise simulator. Um, but the interaction is where really where it comes to life, especially here on the bike shed. Um, uh, but can you think what would be like a cool simulator experience? Maybe we could build inside a trailer somewhere and park in the parking lot and make a weird uh, ride thing. No, what would be cool would be like World War II tank. Oh, World War II tank simulator. God, that'd be terrifying. Yeah, because that's a contained environment. You, you got, you know, a tank crew. You have, like, your commander, his orders, gunner, and drivers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Plus, there's a, hist- a history lesson to be had. And we all know how much people love history based off of last week's episode. <laughs> well, there's also a, a World War II bomber simulator. Because I, oh. I was watching this Yikes. show where this guy... Uh, was flying in, like, this old World War II bomber. And, like, of course you have the pilot. Of course you have the gunner guys on the side. But then you also have um, a lot of navigation and stuff. Like, they didn't have GPS. Like, they would have to figure out mathematically yeah. where they were. <laughs> and, like, yeah. that sort of thing. And I think it'd be that really cool. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Like, I think it'd be pretty cool if, if you could, you know, create, like, some kind of domed... A projector thing and put a bomber in it or something. I think that'd be neat. Right. 
And then you got the you got the guy on the bottom. Mm-hmm. And you know every time the landing gear is gonna get jammed up, so right. you have to figure a way to get the guy out of that ball turret on the bottom. Yeah. But it doesn't happen. A la that one movie where they just use cartoon magic to draw a new wheel. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? No. There was some talking... movie about like a World War II bomber crew, and then the the landing gear got stuck, and they like drew, they use like cartoon magic to draw a new wheel for it. <laughs> I thought you were talking about this. Might have been a hallucination I'm having right now. It might be. I thought that I thought you were talking about Who Framed Roger Rabbit, where they have like the hole, the acne holes. You could like throw them on things, and people could climb through them. Uh, oh yeah, that was an early portal. Yes, uh, but yeah, that's the crazy thing about these gunners. About these bombers is that the gunner on the bottom, he couldn't get into the plane. So if the landing gear failed, they would have to land the plane on him and kill him. This actually yeah, happened. Exactly. This actually happened in real life. Man, World War II was a real bitch. Yeah. So that would be interesting. I think that the other thing that I'd really like to see is from like a simulator standpoint would be Oregon Trail Simulator, where you basically just take Oregon Trail and then get everybody in a covered wagon. You got your dude, you got your dude's riding shotgun. Um, people could get, you know, simulated dysentery. You'd have to simulate, bury your family, and then you'd get to the Oregon coast and it'd be beautiful. Yeah. I don't think anyone actually rode in the wagon, though. Oh, you're right. I think only the men rode. Everybody else walked. Walking. I, yeah, I think maybe you would have one guy ride, but just because of the, the weight, you wouldn't actually ride in the wagon. Yeah, that's true. This would be a good way. You could have treadmills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have a big box yeah. and a bunch of treadmills on the side. This is like the Personal Arrogance Nerd Fitness Initiative. Yeah, exactly. Oregon Trail. The Oregon Trail Simulator. I love it, man. I love it, I love it, I love it. And you get bison, bison burgers for lunch. <laughs> That's what I really want is the Oregon Trail. And then you'd have to have the hunting simulator as well. Yeah, of course. Just get a big buck hunter. Yeah. And slap that on the side. Right. Do it. <laughs> anyway, I thought this thing was cool. Uh, people could check it out. It's the LHS Bike Shed. It's a space simulator in England. And maybe Sam Gulmahamadi or somebody can go over there and try it out for us. That'd be cool. Or maybe we can for our pilot episode of Geek Seek. Love it. That's perfect. Geek Seek London would be... We could literally do a whole season in London, I think. I think we need to... After we get our uh, minor league baseball team going... Mm-hmm. Then we need to kickstart Geek Seek. Yeah, get Geek Seek going. I mean, this is the thing about London, dude. It's like full of pasty white guys. It's like, <laughs> like I think that there might be more pasty white guys per capita in London than anywhere else in the world, including Seattle. No way. <laughs> I, I feel like Reykjavik has to take the cake on that one. Yeah, but those are all family members. I think they they they, they uh, cancel each other out. Oh, I see. All right, Jesse, what's your first topic? Uh, well, speaking of uh, pasty white guys, more than a couple of them, I'm sure, were involved uh, putting the NASA rover on Mars. So I'm going to talk about that in a little bit of science news. If today we're able to create two-headed dog with six legs, is it possible that a similar creature existed thousands of years ago? And I say yes. Great stuff. The boffins behind Curiosity are looking for the 
uh, best possible route to the rover's next goal, Mount Sharp. But the two routes open to them at the moment are rock-covered escarpments. And yes, I did work, look that up. It means a long, steep slope mm-hmm. that could damage the rover's wheels, which have already taken a greater than expected pounding. The rover's six aluminum wheels have already accumulated a few dense dings and rips from the Martian regolith. And I did look that up. It's a layer of loose heterogeneous material covering solid rock. Great. Um, NASA is experimenting with using four-wheel drive rather than all six motors to try and make life easier on the ro- rover. But the team also wants to move on to smoother ground. One solution is to take a route dubbed Dingo Gap, <laughs> which is a great name. <laughs> a wind-blown sand dune that stretches between the two escarpments. If Curiosity can make it over that dune, it faces a relatively smooth route ahead. But considering that Curiosity's younger cousin Spirit is still stuck in a sand dune on the other side of the planet, it's a tough call to make. Eric, if you are a NASA, uh, what would you call him? Boffin. Drone driver? A boffin? Yeah, I think it's a boffin. I think that's the, that's the correct term. Um. What do you do? Do you go? I mean, this is almost like a this is a aforementioned Oregon Trail right situation. Well, do you, you don't take the Dingo Gap. <laughs> Did you hear about uh, our good buddy? Uh, what's his name? Like Jade Spirit or whatever. He's the Chinese Moon Rover. Have you no. heard about this guy? Oh, you mean the the actual robot? Yes. Yeah, I haven't heard. The great thing about him is that he like basically talks in first person. Have you have you heard really? about his? <laughs> yes. No, I have. Oh my god, it's so good. Like, because apparently it got really cold on the moon and it got too cold for him, so he like kind of shut down. Uh, but there's. And he's like, I am too cold. No, they're much more poetic. Oh really? Yeah. It's it's uh I'm trying to find him here. Oh my god. So okay, so this is what happened. So he got a little too cold, right? And the way that they wrote it is that, like he speaks in first person, so and they try to give him like, um, like, uh, like you know, uh, some kind of uh, personality. <laughs> so this is like the beginning of AI. These are actually things that he has said. Although I should have gone to bed this morning, my masters discovered something abnormal with my mechanical my control master. system. My masters are saying are staying up all night working on a solution. I heard their eyes are looking more like rabbit eyes. Nevertheless, like red rabbit eyes. Nevertheless, I'm aware that I may not survive this lunar night. If this journey must come to an early end, I am not afraid. Whether or not the repairs are successful, I believe even my malfunctions will provide my masters with valuable information and experience. The sun is already set here and the temperature is falling very quickly. I've said a lot today, yet still feel like it's not enough. I'll tell everyone a secret. Actually, I'm not feeling especially sad. Just like any other hero, I've only encountered a little problem while on my own adventure. Good night, planet Earth. Good night, humanity. And then the final tweet. <laughs> if I if I really cannot be fixed when the time comes, I hope everyone will remember to help me comfort. <laughs> Well, wow. no, 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 no. Everyone will help help me to remember to comfort Chang, the spacecraft that deposited Jade Rabbit on the moon's surface. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a like 
one of the documents that you would hear from a Ken Burns documentary on the Civil War. Exactly. That's exactly what it's like. So I can only think that this Mars rover is going through the same kind of emotion, just has no way to vocalize it. Yeah. Um, Dear Martha, today I am stranded on the Dingo Gap, a windblown sand dune from which I may never return. <laughs> I don't know if I'll try and forge the gap. But if I do, it will either spell my eminent success or my eminent demise. <laughs> I can't help but yearn for my hometown back in Connecticut and hope that my, my friends and family are thinking of me as I think of them. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> <laughs> On thought, when I look out at this red Martian landscape, it reminds me of the red barn back home. <laughs> where Pa taught me how to shoot a BB gun when I was only eight years old. <laughs> I'm sorry. We need some Ken Burns music this. Oh, man. I say shoot the gap, man. Why not? I just, shoot the gap. I can't believe like they've sent a bunch of Mars, Mars rovers to Mars, and they still can't figure out how to get the wheels durable enough. It's like, come on, guys. How about some self-replacing wheels? Crazy. I didn't. I didn't realize that Mars was such so rough. I mean, I don't know if we should even colonize it now because we can't we can't handle that with our you know Ford Fiestas. I know our Ford Fiesta wagon, Ford Fiesta I can't, Sport. I can't I can't shoot the Dingo Gap on a Ford Fiesta. <laughs> What's even the point? I don't know, man. What What do you think? Do they have to figure out a way to shoot the to like fly over the gap? I don't know. I should I say floor it. I say floor it, man. I, the funny thing, the other funny thing about this is that there's just a rover stuck in the dirt, like on the other side of the planet. And I wonder if there's, I bet you there's like the second team, like the secondary, uh, you know, second string NASA guys. They're like still working uh-huh. on that one. They're like, you guys got, tr- <laughs> yeah. you guys, you guys try to get this guy out of the sand because we got a new rover. Yeah, I wonder how many guys from the show BattleBots <laughs> are working on this. Because exactly. I feel like Vlad the Impaler wouldn't have this problem. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's like you basically have the MIT guys working on uh, the new rover, <laughs> and then the, the BattleBots guys are working on the old rover. Oh, man. So do you think there will become a point where you know multiple nations have rovers on Mars – and there might be like some sort of like yeah we tipped over the Russian one because they didn't let us do what we wanted to do in Syria so we tipped over their their rover. I love it, dude. International interstellar. <laughs> it's not interstellar. Interplanetary battlebots. It would totally be interplanetary battlebots. <laughs> that would be fantastic. I love it, man. Oh, I say shoot the dingo gap for sure. Shoot on the this gap. One. Just shoot the gap, guys. Go big then, or go you know, home. Then you can have a competition. Worst case scenario, both teams have a competition to see who can get them out of the dunes first. Yeah, and that's what these billion-dollar space missions are all about, having some good fun with some robots. Yeah, going dune dune bugging. Dune buggy on Mars. <laughs> I really wonder, though. I mean, NASA's got, well, they don't have a ton of money to play around with, but uh-huh. they could probably just, like, contact someone who does a bunch of dune like there's got to be a dune buggy expert on staff right i would hope so there's somebody who knows how to traverse like sandy and rocky you know terrain like why not 
be someone from like Central Oregon who just like yeah. spent their whole life riding the sand dunes. Exactly. This is exactly like Armageddon, except uh, completely <laughs> different. They're gonna bring in the Dunageddon. <laughs> They're gonna bring in Chaz Ranfron from uh, the <laughs> the the Oregon Dune Buggy Company and is Ran- a crack team. Uh, what nationality is Ranfron? Ranfron, I think that that's uh, they descend from a uh, from British scientists. I think it's a oh, it's classic boffin name. Yeah, classic boffin name. <laughs> well, hopefully, I taught you some new uh, words. Yep. And um, I say shoot the dingo gap on this one. Shoot the dingo gap. All right, guys, we are going to move on to a little bit of trivia here. I got uh, Genus One Trivia Pursuit. And I'm going to roll a D6 to see which category we're doing. Ooh, science and nature. Topical. Yeah. All right, Jesse, this question's for you. Please play along at home. What ancient measure is the distance from the elbow to the... Oh, we've already had that one. Yeah, we've had that one. Cubit. I don't remember the answer, it's a but... cubit. Oh, there you go. Okay. <coughs> Jesse, this question's for you. How many pairs of chromosomes does a normal human have? Uh, I can't remember. I want to say like 13. I believe it's 23. And the answer is 23. All right. This question is for me. What's the square root of one quarter? (sighs) I believe the square root of one quarter is one half. I want to say an eighth. Okay. Square root of one quarter is one half. Sharks. Because one half times one half is one quarter. You ran away with it, Percy Harvin. What can I say? Hey, man, it's only the first half. You can come back from this 22 to nothing deficit. Uh, Jesse, this question's for you. What did Ellen and Ebenezer... Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Ellen and Ebenezer Butterick invent and first sell in 1863. Ellen and e- Ebenezer Butterick. Butterick. Uh, I'm going to go with like the uh, uh, electric sewing machine. I'm going to go with the electric butter churn. <laughs> Paper patterns for dresses is the answer. Oh, duh. Classic. That's totally science and nature. <laughs> and then this question's for me. What's the winter counterpart? What's the winter counterpart to estivation? Uh, I'm going to go with intivation. I'll say hibernation. You got that one right, Jess. You didn't get blown out. You got your. Uh, you At got least your, I put eight on the board. Yeah, you got a touchdown on your two point conversion, but I win everything this week. <laughs> and for my second topic this week, I'm going to talk about uh, a little bit more sports. And uh, I know, guys, but it's the end of the football season. And actually, what I wanted to do here is looking at this Super Bowl, we've had a lot of people say, oh, this was a blowout. I was reading some Reddit threads today about Super Bowl parties not happening in Denver or Seattle. And kind of like what was going on. And basically they just turned into real parties about the third quarter. Because they stopped watching the game. Um, but I want to tell you some very interesting things about this Super Bowl. Which you can use as as nuggets of, of wisdom. And that are not too sporty. Anybody can carry these around with them. And and kind of want to uh, tell you why this was the greatest Super Bowl ever. Instead of the most boring <coughs> one. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be hard to argue that this was the greatest Super Bowl ever. <laughs> well, for me it was. <laughs> uh, so the first one is, okay, this is the crazy thing about the Seahawks, right? Six Seahawks gave up 16 touchdowns this season, 16 passing touchdowns this season, which means they averaged one passing touchdown a game. How many passing touchdowns did they give up in the playoffs? 
Uh, um, zero. I believe they gave up three. I believe they still oh. gave up one a game. So it doesn't matter if you're talking if you're going against uh, Drew Brees, or if you're going up against Colin Kaepernick, or if you're going up against uh, Mike Glennon, uh, or if you're going up against Peyton Manning. You're going to give up one passing touchdown, which is pretty pretty good stat to show how good this defense is. Next one here, Russell Wilson, Jesse. How many how many interceptions did he have in the postseason? Zero. Zero interceptions thrown. He had a fumble. He did have the first fumble, but that's the thing about Russell Wilson. People could say what they want about him and about the inefficiency of this offense. I would say this offense looked pretty efficient in the playoffs. They stalled out a little bit at the beginning of the San Francisco game, but uh, Russell Wilson has been stout, and the main thing that he's done is kept that turnover margin in the plus for the Seahawks because he... right. Uh, didn't turn the ball over, really. I mean, one turnover right. in three games, which is pretty good from an NFL player who gets the ball on every single snap. Um, this is a very interesting one. First Super Bowl where they pulled the quarterback since the 1993 Super Bowl between the Cowboys and the Bills. I don't know if you know. Right, that was this. a bit of a slap in the face, right? Did you think that? I thought that it was mercy. <laughs> uh, I th- No, I thought it was a total slap in the face. <laughs> I thought that it was like, dude, the game's over, man. I mean, Marshawn Lynch got pulled at the beginning of the fourth quarter, and then they sent in Tavares Jackson. And I, I actually really like seeing Tavares Jackson there because, uh, you know, people forget that he was the quarterback. He during... led the team for a while. Well, he did. The first year that Pete Carroll was uh, the coach of the team, Tavares Jackson was the starting quarterback. He led the team that 7-9 and nine season that took that them to the playoffs. That wasn't his first. Uh, that was Pete Carroll's first. I thought Pete Carroll, because there was the last of the Hasselbeck years. I thought he was in the last year of Hasselbeck. Mm-mm. No. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, Tavares Jackson, that was that was the first starting quarterback for Pete Carroll, I'm pretty sure. Am I going crazy here? I thought that Hasselbeck was the, quarter for the, uh, the quarterback for the seven and nine ones that beat the nope. Saints. Yeah, you're crazy. That was Tavares Jackson. Huh. Well, and that's what I'm saying. He beat the Saints in the playoffs. He kind of started this train to roll in, started this train to chugging, and then got cut from the team when they, when we signed Matt Flynn. Then when we cut Matt Flynn, then we re-signed him, and he got to play in the Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl. So yeah, good for T Jack. Um, well, I'm glad T Jack, aka Black Cheddar, as I like to call him, got to play. I like that because he actually does have a lot of history with this team. He does, and then have he a went to Buffalo and comes back. Yeah. Um. Up next, we got Russell Wilson. He's the first running quarterback to really win the Super Bowl, which I think is really interesting. He's the second African-American quarterback to win the Super Bowl, uh, but he's the first, like, really of the running quarterbacks to win the Super Bowl. And, like, up until this point, you could make the argument that uh, Super Bowl, you had to have a pocket passer Super Bowl, uh, pocket passer quarterback to win the Super Bowl. You got two Eli Manning Super Bowls in recent memory. You got, of course, Tom Brady. You got Peyton Manning. You got Drew Brees. Uh, you got Joe Flacco, Super Bowl champions. Uh, when in the meantime, you know, of course, you got the new crop of guys like RG three and uh, and Russell Wilson, but also guys like Cam Newton, guys like Tim Tebow who who fizzled out, even guys like Tavares Jackson who fizzled out. Really, all of these guys that kind of came in to that uh to that running quarterback mode after Michael Vick came into the league. Russell Wilson's the first guy to actually win the Super Bowl in that position. So there's been an argument that, you know, pocket passers, you have to have a pocket passer to win the Super Bowl. That argument is moot now 
because you got a yeah. guy named Russell Wilson who did it, so which I think was pretty cool. Now, I think the result of this game is going to change the structure of the NFL. I mm-hmm. like it. I, I like those mobile quarterbacks. I like it too, and the other part about it is the defense. I mean, um, this is another fun fact. So this is the fifth time the number one defense squared off against the number one offense. And this was not only the number one offense, this is probably the best offense record-wise <clears throat> in NFL history. And four out of five now, best defense still beats best offense, even in 2014, which I think is pretty interesting. And I think, especially in the AFC, you're going to see people get a lot more defensive-minded because you look at this gauntlet that has been thrown down, especially by the NFC West, but by the NFC in general – um, well, I'll tell you how you beat this defense. How? Is you, you get a quarterback that can move around, so you can't just have... I mean, when your quarterback just sits in the pocket and hucks the ball, you mm-hmm. got an extra guy on defense, essentially, because you know what he's going to do. But when you have a Colin Kaepernick who can peel off a 60-yard run at any moment, that's... Yeah, exactly. They, that's, they, how you, that's how you get around these defenses. I mean, the CX basically had an extra defender from what they had in the San Francisco game because they didn't have to spy yeah. the quarterback. Exactly. So not to shit on your point too bad, Eric, mm-hmm. but uh, Matt Hasselbeck threw four touchdown passes and Marshawn Lynch scored an electrifying 67-yard run with 322 left to clinch the first <laughs> playoff victory by losing team. Uh, I guess I was wrong. I misremembered. Yeah, so it was Carroll and uh, Carol and Hasselbeck that year. Then it became the T-Jack Whitehurst controversy. Oh, got it. Yeah, and that was... The next uh, year. Oh, yeah, that's right, because they got Whitehurst. Ugh. No, that was a... Football Jesus. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, but then they cut Hasselbeck that year as well. <laughs> right. Anyway. Okay. Well, that's good to know. But he does have history with the team. So it was good to see him yeah. out there. Uh, also, Pete Carroll, the third coach to win both an NCAA and an NFL title, which I think is pretty... Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. It's got to It's gotta be harder to win an NCAA title, right? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I th- I feel like they're two very, very different skill sets because like NCAA titles are all about recruiting, man. And like, if you're an NCAA right. coach, you got to fly around the country and get the best players in the country to come play for your team. The interesting that thing. That would suck. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine flying around, going to like, you know, whatever tiny high school or yeah. big high school and like, hey, Look at you, high school guy. Let me try and win you over. I That's know. like my worst nightmare. Going around talking to high school jocks. Talking about like 17 year old jocks. That would be like, yeah. the, oh, God. That'd be the worst. We got a pretty cool facility. <laughs> but the, the crazy thing is that Pete Carroll has taken those recruiting talents, that recruiting eye that he had in college, and really brought it to this team in, in the Seahawks. I mean, this team was built through Pete Carroll and, and John Schneider draft picks. And you're looking at guys like Bobby Wagner, who is the, uh, who's the, uh, you know, the MVP of the Super Bowl, seventh round draft pick, you know, uh, Richard Sherman, sixth round draft pick, Russell Wilson, third round. Wagner draft pick. was, uh, it was, it was Malcolm Smith. Oh, was Malcolm Smith. Sorry, Mal- Malcolm Smith was a seventh round draft pick. Thank you for being the fact checker here, dude. Yeah, I know. What the hell? You're, you're channeling on something. Uh, but yeah, Malcolm Smith, seventh round draft pick. So all all these guys are like, you know, coming through the draft. So he's he's been able to take that college mentality and bring it to the pros, <laughs> which will be interesting to see how this also impacts. Like, I don't know, man. Like, this was such a statement in the Super Bowl. It was such a statement by the Seahawks team that there's going to be some copycats in this league. And are you going to see more of these like 
player coaches come out or i i don't know what i don't know what it'll be really to see how it impacts impacts the league because i mean the rumor has spread around the nfl amongst players that seattle's a fun like you're you're you have fun you go to practice and you have fun Mm -hmm. where i i feel that's not the thing if you're you know talking to a more conventional coach (laughs) practice isn't fun (laughs) jim harbaugh yeah, exactly. So not only is um not only is that going to revolutionize in coaching, possibly I don't know, but um it, it's going to mean a lot of these free agents are going to have an eye on Seattle. I think, which I think is good so. because uh Seattle has like what the number eighty two pick or something in the draft. <laughs> yeah. Well, but the uh, you know the other thing about you know Seattle is that um. You basically like two more years to get, keep all these guys together. You got you have the 2014 season yeah. to keep all these guys together. At the end of 2014 yeah, season, uh, Earl Thomas and Richard Sherman are both free agents. I think you can only keep one of those guys, and I think it'll probably be Earl Thomas. And then yeah, after I'd that, keep Earl Thomas for sure. Yeah, and then after that, you've got Russell Wilson becoming a free agent, so you're gonna have to give him him a yeah. huge contract. A lot of these contracts are going to run out, so it'll be interesting to see what they do with the draft and with the uh, you know salary cap management. And then the final like kind of cool little tidbit that I wanted to mention is the twelve seconds. So right at the beginning of the first half, the Seahawks scored within twelve seconds with the safety, and then at the beginning of the second half, they also scored within twelve seconds or at the twelve second mark both times at the twelve second mark. Uh, That's crazy. I didn't realize both halves were 12 seconds. Yeah, at the 12-second mark, which is very interesting because the number 12 has quite the significance for Seahawks fans uh, right? with the 12th man. So a little bit of manifest destiny. Because it's the average age of a a Seahawks fan. (laughs) And the average age of a Seahawk, apparently, as well. I mean, (laughs) this is one of the youngest teams to ever play in the Super Bowl. Most of these guys are, like, most of these guys are 25 years old, which means most of them are younger than you or I. Yeah, I know. A couple of years ago, we were goofing at, like, Marshawn Lynch is younger than you and older than me. He's, right. like, in that sweet spot. And there yeah. were a couple, like, Felix Hernandez is also. Mm-hmm. But that those days are over. They're all younger than all yeah. of both of us now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, anyway, those are my Super Bowl tidbits. And uh, unless there's a little bit of Facebook Roundup, I think we're done talking about the Super Bowl. But, uh, guys, I'm just so happy. I'm so happy. I'm happy for you. What I wanted to say, like, I'm I'm thrilled that uh, they made it this far. They ex- definitely exceeded my expectations and succeeded on the highest level. And it's cool for me as a Seahawks fan. But this is way bigger for you. Because you've been a Seattle sports fan for 20 years. Like, Mariners, Huskies. Yep, Sonics, um, baby. Seahawks. Yep. And the Sonics, even. So, like, for you, because you're the long-suffering uh, Seattle sports fan. I just like the Seahawks. You know, I don't. I don't really care about the other teams. But for you, this is huge because you're rooting for the city of Seattle. Yeah, man. And I'm Seattle just, sports in general. Well, that's all I could put was that you know this is this is literally validation for yeah <laughs> a couple decades of fandom that that this impossible task of Seattle bringing home a major championship. Uh. In my lifetime, I mean, yeah, I know <laughs> it's taken so. Long. I mean, the Huskies, the Washington Huskies, won the NCAA championship in 1992. I was seven; I didn't remember that. And then, right. like you're talking, I mean, just 
it's it's years and years of heartbreak. It's the '96 finals of the Sonics versus the Bulls. It's the 1995 Mariners season, which we celebrate like crazy because they made it to the American League Championship Series. They didn't even make it to the World <laughs> Series, and that's like one of the most hallowed moments in Seattle sports history. And right. uh, to actually be here and to put the effort in as a fan, and I know you did too, this season to watch every single game. And know every single player, and and to have it actually happen is surreal. Being a Seattle sports fan, it's yeah, it, it doesn't happen to the city. It, it always gets fucked up, and that's why even when they were up twenty nine to nothing, I was like, they're gonna find a way to screw this up. And then I could finally breathe that sigh of relief when Jermaine Kirst scored that touchdown. That was the moment when I realized that it happened. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm happy for you, man. And I'm relish gonna, this moment. I'm going to relish it. I'm going to be downtown tomorrow uh, for the parade. God, I was thinking of going, but I'm so sick. But I really want to go. Yeah, I'm going to be there. Uh, I'm going to see all these guys who I've only watched on TV. Like, I can't afford to go to the games. Games are expensive to go to. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm going to see Russell Wilson and Richard Sherman and, uh, you know, Earl Thomas uh, and Marshawn Lynch in per- and Pete Carroll in person tomorrow. Uh, and let's uh, talk about this parade for a second. What's that? So let's talk about this parade for a second. Okay. Because you're going to it. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not going to the actual in the stadium thing because you you have to like get tickets to get in the stadium. Right. They're predicting like five hundred thousand people showing up for this parade. Is that what they said? That I heard. Yeah, that's what I heard. Was they're expecting three hundred to five hundred thousand. Well, the city of Seattle is seven hundred thousand people who live in it. So Yeah. Uh, I was thinking of going, but I don't I don't want to make all that effort and like not even be able to see them. Well, I'm gonna take the bus down at like nine o'clock and start lining up. So Yeah. <laughs> and it's a long route too, so uh I don't know. I've never been to a championship parade before, but I'm gonna go to one tomorrow. And I got my bag God, of Skittles I was... that I got. I got it right here. <laughs> I got this it was laying on a bar. Uh, at, after the game, I went down to Ballard to party, and there was this bag of Skittles laying on the bar, and I got it with me. And uh, yeah, yeah, man, crazed fan cuts Marshawn Lynch's <laughs> retina with Skittles bag. Oh man, uh, it's just dude. I feel like absolute garbage. I'm su- I'm sick as a dog, but I'm still thinking about doing it tomorrow. Yeah, you gotta wake up real. It starts at eleven. And you got to line up I know. by 10, at least. Well, there, yeah. No, I... Uh, God, I don't know. <laughs> I would have to be out the door here at 8, so... Yeah. Well, we'll I'm... I'm, about it, I'm but... very excited about it. This is... this, Like I said, this is validation for years of fandom, and, they, and nobody can ever take this away from me. Like, it's yeah. happened now. And, and I don't know how to... I don't know how to process it, because I've never been in this position before. I don't know what it means to be a champion, um, but I am one, or my team is one. I mean, your rings in the mail, yeah, dude. Like I, uh, it, I feel amazing. I feel encouraged. Like it's it's a little cheesy that you can feel this way over a sport, but I feel like encouraged. I feel motivated. I feel ready to go out and get stuff because I've seen the impossible happen in this city. <laughs> And, uh, and yeah, nobody can ever take that away from me. We're, we're the yeah. champions and, uh, and 
then that's it. That's a period on the end of the sentence. Like you can't take that away from any from anybody who's been a Seattle fan is that we finally finally done it and uh and that's that. That's did you wake that. up the next morning and you're like did that really happen? I woke up the next morning as happy as I went to sleep and it took me hours to get to sleep cuz I was so excited. <laughs> I mean <laughs> I it was, it was surreal uh, because it was so crazy that it was such a dominating game. This isn't how it happens yeah. like I said. I mean like I was just waiting for Denver to come back, but they didn't do yeah, it. Yeah, I was too. So anyway, I was like Peyton Manning. I'll get down the field in uh, a minute and thirty seconds, and there'll be a fumble, and suddenly it's gonna be you know, eighteen or thirty-six or whatever, and they're right. coming back, and yeah. But it just never happened, and uh, yeah, I've seen greatness, cool. and it happened right here with the with my with this with the name of my city on their chests. They won this Super Bowl, and I couldn't be more proud. Anyway, well, Jesse, I'm happy. I really, I'm not even, I'm not even being sarcastic or anything when I say I'm, I'm happy for you. <laughs> yeah, <I> was... <laughs> you've been, you've been, uh, you've been long suffering, and <laughs> you're as you're as rabid about the Mariners as you are about <laughs> yeah, this the Seahawks. Is... The Mariners sting. This is the sad thing about this dude is that if the Mariners won the World Series, it would be bigger for me than this. <laughs> Because so, I've been a Seattle sports fan for twenty years, but yeah. I've I've been a diehard Mariners fan for twenty years, which is the worst I kind of that. evil. I, I've asked you that you said that I've asked the head brewer I work with, and he said he would rather see a Mariners World Series than a the the Hawks Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't get it, but apparently, <laughs> hey man, once baseball apparently that would be bigger. Well, once baseball gets in your blood, it's tough. It's tough to get Dude, rid. Of. I I will. My immune system is just like, nah. <laughs> yeah, the baseball. We are not letting this baseball in my blood. Nah. Baseball's like the meth of sports. It's like once you once you try it once, then you're uh, you're hooked for life. Nope. Anyway, <laughs> baseball not even once. All right, Jesse. <laughs> All right, Jesse. What's your second topic? Well, we're running long here. I think that maybe we should uh, just wrap her up. I like that idea. We are running long. I'm sorry. I got on my soapbox about the Super Bowl thing, man. But like, no, I'm I'm happy you did because it's a cool moment for you. I think you're being really sincere when you're talking about how special it is for you. And I mean, it's been it's twenty. It's literally twenty suffering years for you yeah. to get here. Twenty years of of buildups and letdowns. You remember how devastated I was last year after the Falcons game? I almost gave up on fandom. And I Dude, did. I was crying. I gave up on Seattle sports fandom for one day, and then I was like, (laughs) all right, I'm back in. Let's do this, guys. All right. uh, Well, we're going to move on to the Facebook round, but before I do, I want to tell you about the the Bald Move Network. Uh, Guys, uh, Game of Thrones is going to be coming back soon. Mad Men's going to be coming back soon. Uh, The TV podcast will be coming back soon, so keep your eyes peeled and your ears, uh, I don't know, shredded for those. Um, (laughs) What? Well, it's as gross as ice peeled. Anyway. It's true. Ice peeled is pretty gross. Yeah. Uh, We also got the Because Show ladies from uh, Los Angeles. Uh, If you want advice, don't talk to us. Talk to them. They got good advice. So so listen to the Because Show. And then, of course, we got Up Yours Downstairs covering everything Edwardian. And that means Downton Abbey because that shit is blowing up. So listen to all that we over on the ball. Drunk and Married coming soon, too. Oh, Drunk and Married coming soon, featuring uh, J&J. You got a little preview of that right here on Personal Arrogance. So there's a lot of stuff happening at Bald Move. Check out baldmove.com. I also want to give a shout-out. We have now posted the invite for the Bald Move meetup in SoCal. It will be at the Stone Brewing Company 
on March uh, 1st, Saturday, March 1st at 7 p.m. So uh, find that invite either on the Personal Arrogance Facebook page or the Bald Move Facebook page. And uh, let us know you're coming so that we have enough space for everybody. We're really excited. We got Aaron, we got Jim, we got me, we got Gerilyn, we got Susan and Amy all there at the Bald Move Meetup in San Diego. So be there at the beginning of March. Uh, you can also get in touch with us, guys. Leave us a voicemail, 360-362-0024. Send us an email, personalarrogates at gmail.com. Uh, you can uh, like us on Facebook. We're on the Personal Arrogance Facebook page, the Baldwin Facebook page. We're also uh, at Personal Podcast on Twitter. Please rate and review us on iTunes. We need those rate and reviews. We haven't had too many, and we're, 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 we're sinking. We're sinking down the iTunes ratings, and we need your help. So push us back up there with those iTunes ratings. We love them so much. And uh, if you can't do any of that, just tell a friend, guys. It's all good. Just tell a friend. Uh, speaking yeah, of totally. speaking of Facebook, we uh, we post on Facebook that we're we're going to be talking, and uh, and then you tell us what to talk about in a little thing we call the Facebook Roundup. Here it is. Derek says, Jesse, I know you haven't been a Seahawks fan too long, but how great was it? So this we've already covered my part of this, but how great was it to become a fan of the team uh, and start putting your hopes in it, and then to see them win the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's been crazy for me. I, I really got on at the right time to mm-hmm. get the full spectrum because mm-hmm. I, you know, I started at the end of the Matt Hasselbeck era, which was really yep. the last big iteration of Seahawks um, football. Right. And then, so that was Pete Carroll's first year. They go to, I saw the Beast Quake, got excited for that. And then uh, next year was another seven and nine year. And there, that was the whole, uh, Whitehurst T Jack controversy. I was all about Charlie Whitehurst. So the the first two years, I was really learning how to watch football because I didn't even really know. Mm-hmm. And then Russell Wilson came along and he won my heart <laughs> during the uh, during the preseason because it was all Matt Flynn versus Russell Wilson. And I'm I'm never gonna let you live this one down, Eric. It's I the know. one thing I have over you. <laughs> and it was the because people don't remember this, Russell Wilson was four and four after week eight. Yep. He had won one game on the road, yep. and people were saying like, "This is a kid who can't win on the road, and he doesn't have it." And there was like the rumor floating around that Sidney Rice said he wanted Flynn in, <laughs> and everyone turned against him. And I was, I was like Russell Wilson number one guy, and I'm a hundred percent sure it was my confirmation bias because he, we shared the same last name. Exactly. But then he turned it around and uh, went into the deep playoffs. Won a playoff game against the Redskins, which that was that was a brutal game. Then yep. lost to the Falcons, obviously. And then this year went all the freaking way in his second year. It's been it's been a wild ride for me as a Seahawks fan, and uh, I love it. I I don't know what to do next. Now it's like about defending the defending the title. I know. And uh, you know, this got good team, games coming up next year too. Obviously, got, two San Francisco oh. games, but we got the Broncos again. Got the Panthers, which is going to be yep. Cam Newton being like, "Hey, I, I I started this." Yep. Like Panthers. You want to talk about a running quarterback? <laughs> got the Panthers rematch. We're going to be playing. Uh, we're going to be playing the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, mm, a healthy mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers. Uh, we're going to be classic rivalry. Packers fans hate the Seahawks. Yeah, we're going to be playing the <laughs> we're going to be playing the Eagles next year, which will be interesting with Matt Foles. Oh, Nick Foles or Nick Foles. Oh Matt, man, Matt, you are totally my stat guy tonight. You're my fact checker. <laughs> I've been, dude, I have been binging. 
I'm actually, it's like a sweet release that football season is over because now I can actually get stuff done. Yeah. And we're also playing the entire uh, AFC West next year, which means arguably the best uh, AFC conference of the year. Actually, I would, I would say it's definitely is. I mean, you had three teams from yeah. this AFC West conference go to the playoffs. So it's going to be, be interesting to see what the Chiefs do next year. Yeah, and also the Chargers, man. They got they got a little bit of a surge this year. Uh, Philip Rivers seemed to know what he was doing, so it'll be interesting to see what they do as well. So right, we're playing the NFC East also. Oh, so you got Cowboys, you got Re- RG three. Uh, <laughs> so we got we got some easy wins, <laughs> uh, and then you got the that rematch versus NFC the Giants. West is going to feast on the carcass <laughs> of the East. Yeah. A feast, Giants. the NFC feast. That's what they should be called. <laughs> love it, love it. All right, Aaron Martinez says, "I want to know if the typical Seattle fan knows that Texas A&M is the real home of the 12th man. Uh, technically, they were the first players place to do that. But did you know that the Seattle Seahawks actually pay them a thousand dollars a year to use that as a moniker? Also, did you know that 20 years before Texas A&M adopted it, it was used elsewhere?" Well, they there. just stole it first, so um, congratulations. Yeah, congrats, bro. Uh, Dennis Kleinbeck. <laughs> and then litigated it in 1990. <laughs> if you're so proud of it, why did it take till 1990? <laughs> My favorite thing, we got this email from Dennis Kleinbeck uh, from Germany. I'm trying to look at the details here. Uh, 7.03 p.m., 7.03 plus 9, that would be like 4 a.m. <laughs> Dennis wrote us this email that says, Wilson is king. I'm pretty wasted right now. Drunk dial follows. This is great. Seahawks rule, rule, rule. Uh, <laughs> my favorite email by far, ever. I love it. It's um, okay with the let the Germans make your beer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Except he probably also wants the Germans to make his car. <laughs> well, I can't really blame him, actually. <laughs> yeah, me either. Um, I don't drive an American car. And I drive a German car, Dennis. Yeah, I know. Go Volkswagen. Axis powers make good cars. Oh, God. It's true, man. Well, it's the post-industrial... Germans, uh... Italians, and Japanese. Well, the Italians don't make great cars. They make some good cars, though. They make fancy cars. Not necessarily, like, reliable cars. But I think German engineering and Japanese engineering are sound. Yeah. That'd be be a really interesting, actually, documentary or something. Like, look at how post... War Axis Powers built uh, reliable car brands. That would be. Get Ken Burns on the case. Yep, Ken Burns, get on there. And then <laughs> add some narration from the Moon Rover. Uh, yeah. Dear the- Martha, uh, the war's <laughs> over. I think I might go into manufacturing uh, automobiles. <laughs> All right, D says, uh, I want anything but football, but I understand it's a pipe dream. I guess that was a pipe dream. But I think we're done hey, with football, guys. how about those um, the South Africans beating uh, the All Blacks in Rugby Sevens recently? Oh, Rugby Sevens is actually pretty cool. Uh, rugby Sevens is so cool. I really want that to catch watch. on in America so hard. There's that one guy. It's a really on, cool sport. There's that one guy on the U.S. team who's like ridiculously fast. Percy Harvin. Yeah, he's basically That's the how Percy he got Harvin of, up in the offseason. <laughs> he's basically the Percy Harvin of. Uh, Rugby sevens. Anyway, Sam says, hey, guys, obviously we all want to hear about the Seahawks. This is a guy watching the Super Bowl from the UK. It's amazing to watch because other countries just do not host such an epic sporting event. But I want to know what it's like for you guys seeing the Seahawks win the game with ease. Did you think you would have preferred some tension 
by having a closer contested game. <laughs> I don't. I I am on record no, I saying I can't say I wanted a closer game. No, I'm on record saying that during the season when the Seahawks were blowing out people, that I was like, you know, it obviously gets a little boring. But this game <laughs> never got boring. This game was no. fun, fun, fun uh, until Daddy t- <laughs> took the T-bird away. Right? It was yeah. good. Uh, Levi hey, says... Hey, uh, oh. by the way, Sam, your nation hosted the Ashes, which is actually my favorite sports rivalry between Australia and England for cricket. Well, there you go. They Australia also swept them 5-0, by the way. They also hosted the Dual. 2012 Olympics, but... <laughs> Yeah. yeah. This is a beer question. Uh, Levi says, Do you ever drink beer from a chilled mug or glass? Is this a bad practice? Does it depend on the kind of beer? Have you ever made beer can or beer butt chicken? Jesse, go. Uh, Sometimes I'll drink from a chilled glass. Not often. I like it. Um, I like a chilled style. I don't think it's. I don't think it. I don't think it's bad practice at all. Mm -hmm. Especially like when it's really hot. Nothing's better. Nothing's better than a real cold glass in your hand. Nope. And I've also never made beer butt chicken, but I actually really want to. Yeah, why not? Gotta wait for barbecue season, I think. Uh, Brandon says... It's any coming. Good, any it's good, coming. It is coming. Brandon says... any good May, spe- baby. I, well, I don't know, man. We're, we're in deep freeze here, so maybe this is like the day after tomorrow. It's just going to be like this for the rest of the time. Uh, Brandon oh, says... No. Any good specific beer types and snack food pairings or just what is a good... To have with beer, I like bacon wrapped smokies. Ba- oh god, ba- oh bacon wrapped smokies with brown sugar on top and beer. That sounds pretty good. I'm gonna give the Eric Walquist uh, green apple and IPA combo. Yeah, underrated. Put a green apple slice in your IPA. It is act. It's really good. It's real good. It's real good. Um, that I that's the garnish that needs to just happen all over the place. Yeah, it's the most Washington thing ever. Also, it is Granny Smith. Apples and IPA. I I prefer. I also love the, just a beer and clams and chips. But that's... Mm, I can't eat clams. I can't eat uh, bivalves. Not even clams and chips. No, they're just like fried clams. I know. I can't eat them. I can't <laughs> eat calamari. It just weirds me out. All right, James says, "Have you guys checked out the sci-fi show Helix? Also, how about a personal against fantasy baseball league? Haven't seen F- Helix." I've seen Felix, the cat. I haven't seen Helix, uh, but I have heard about it. I think uh, it might be a cool thing to check out. Also, personal arrogance fantasy baseball, like, not going to happen, guys. Unfortunately, I just can't keep up with fantasy baseball because you got to check it, like, every day. Like, I like (laughs) fantasy football. It's a a once-a-week thing. The stage is set. It's beautiful. I'd rather just cruise through my baseball season with a beer and a hot dog. That's all I want. If the do. fans want to, though, you should totally do it. Yeah, just that a is, fan league. That actually is completely true. Feel free to organize it on our Facebook page. Yeah, let us know if if you guys want to do fantasy baseball league, we'll do it. I'm I'm, I'm not in. It. I'm absolutely not going to yeah. participate, but you should do it. <laughs> uh, Levi uh, Jetty, Levi number one says new way to work on Panfi. Apparently, there's this D and D yoga. Uh, but the Panfi is our personal records nerd fitness initiative. And actually, Jesse, I've been doing it, baby. Nice. Good I've been... for you. I'm starting here soon. I am so out of shape. I've been eating like crap, too. I'm changing my diet now. Well, that's what happened. So my news, my New Year's resolutions were basically to kind of work out more and be more frugal. So part of that is not buying lunch anymore, which I do a lot. Mm. Uh, and in not buying lunch, you like automatically eat healthier because you're just making your food. 
Like you're not eating like a bunch of processed food. How where where were you buying your lunch? I just buy it. There's a lot of places around. There's like food trucks and all this stuff. But like, like they when people are selling food, they put a lot of stuff in it, like carbs and fat, because it makes it taste yeah, good. Yeah, because it tastes good. And it adds to the value because you're like, oh, I need delicious food. Right. However, my wife and I also make delicious food here at home. Nice. So why don't we just eat that? So yeah. anyway. No. Um, so, I, I, don't, I don't buy lunch when I go to work. Yeah. So there's those actually... Sorry. I'm not a huge lunch guy. I kind of just work through it. Oh, uh, see, I'm not a breakfast guy, so I need my lunch. Oh, I'm all about the breakfast, man. So all about breakfast. So I've been I've been making my lunch, and then I've also been um, working out, and I've worked out now. What is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of the last nine days? So I'm trying to cool. work out at least five days. What a kind week. of workouts are you doing? I do the elliptical and the rowing machine. But, oh, uh, you got a gym membership, huh? Yeah, I got a gym uh, at work. So, uh, but I actually lost two pounds last week. Oh, congratulations! Which I think it was pretty you, cool. You lost pounds during Super Bowl week. That's no, I, I weighed myself good. before the Super Bowl. So we'll see what happens this week. Cool. But, but yeah, yeah dude, I need to. I need to get on that bad. It's panfy time. So let's panfy this up. Personal Nerd Fitness Initiative mm-hmm. listeners, let us know what you're doing to get fit for 2014. Uh, Jay says, talk about the Seahawks mascot. It's not a Seahawk. Now, the team emblem is, and <laughs> a Seahawk is an is Osprey, it? but the bird on the side isn't an Osprey. By the way, I'm so happy for you guys. My favorite <laughs> NFC team is the Seahawks. But yeah, apparently that bird that they fly around is not an actual Seahawk. It's like a blue hawk or something. Oh, really? Because I'm pretty yeah, sure well, you can't train an Osprey. I think that's probably Yeah, I it. don't know if you can. I thought he meant like Blitz. No, Is yeah, <laughs> no. He's talking about the actual bird. Uh, oh, you I could... believe it. Well, the the actually the bird on the emblem isn't uh, inspired by an osprey. No, it's inspired by the ravens from the Native Americans. Right? No, it's not a raven. It's actually an eagle. Oh, okay. I I I, I saw this article that was about like tracking down the original piece of uh, First Nation art that inspired oh. that, and it, it's this. Uh, transformation mask that's really cool actually i kind of want to make one Mm -hmm. and you you wear it it's like the eagle face and then it opens up in like four directions and it's got a man's face inside it's like a it's a yeah it's a transformation thing the burke museum actually like wrote this article up on it that is pretty cool stuff somebody needs to make one of those and paint it in cx colors yeah i agree when i uh i start my career as a uh chainsaw artist That'll be my first thing. Okay. Uh, Ollie James's favorite Super Bowl adverts. Honestly, dude, I wasn't watching the commercials. I was too busy crying and having a great time. I didn't. I didn't watch the commercials either. Yeah. Like, <laughs> especially at half. I went at halftime. Yeah. I went outside and just like punted the ball up in the air and catched it by myself. Dude, that is we're we are kindred spirits because that's what that's like our tradition now is we go out and we we throw the ball around at halftime. Yeah, so I, I had too much en- nervous energy I had to burn off. I know, man. Uh, Josh says, uh, how about least favorite? I hated the Bob Dylan Chrysler hat. I guess everybody did. <laughs> hey, buy a Chrysler. Josh also says, Russell I'm Wilson. I'm a weed whacker. Russ, uh, Josh says, Russell Wilson also should have been the MVP. He played a flawless game, which he did. Converted several third downs, both passing and running, which he did. All of... Uh, one of which the officials missed not once but twice. That's true, man. That 
that challenge play, he totally got first down. Like, I, I don't even think, like, I have no idea how they did to, like, say that was a first down. I also, I, 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 just the rule, like, we were wrong, but not wrong enough for you to not burn a timeout. Yeah, I know. But they were Like, wrong. we challenge it. It's like, if, yeah. if your challenge is correct, then you should get to keep your timeout. Like, well, we weren't wrong enough. Which is crazy, because anyway. he should have... Like, Pete Carroll's, well, that was Pete Carroll's fault, because I think he said that he wanted to challenge that it was a first down, instead of saying he wanted to challenge the spot of the ball. Yeah, challenge the spot. So I guess challenge, if he would have said I challenge the spot of the ball, then it wouldn't have cost, but it didn't matter, they blew him out. Anyway, he, uh, Josh says future Hall of Fame QB. We, is it's second Not year. Not yet. Second year. <laughs> but, he's uh. He's got a lot of playing to do. But he's got a good start. He's got a good start. Okay, yeah, guys, that's a definitely have to go, sorry. Oh. Sorry, Real quick, it? did you see the the uh, Malcolm Smith, the nine eleven truther that snuck into the interview? No. Yeah, when uh, when Smith was doing his uh, MVP interview, this nine eleven truther like rushed up on the stage, got on Smith's microphone, and was like, "Investigate nine eleven. I think I have reason to believe it was a government conspiracy." And then he ran off. Awesome. That was actually just uh, Richard Sherman. <laughs> Just trolling but people. Smith was just like, "Okay, someone, uh, someone check his press pass." It was yeah. pretty funny. <laughs> oh, and I do want to shout out to Nathan O'Connor. He wrote us an email. He's never written before, but he's been listening for a long time. He says, uh, first of all, go Seahawks." So now that we have that out of the way, I have a question for you guys. First, either you guys tried the Game of Thrones inspired beverages, such as the Tale, the Take the Black Stout. Or the Iron Throne Blondale. My second question is that if you guys could name a beer inspired by a TV show or movie, what would it be? For example, Heisenbrew from Breaking Bad. Uh, That's pretty good. I like Heisenbrew, but it would have to be like a blue beer, just diet blue. <laughs> yeah, no, I had the uh, Iron Throne one, the Belgian blonde. Yeah, I had that too. I didn't like it. Yeah, it was. I, it's a little gimmicky. Yeah, I I think it was mostly gimmick and not that great of a <laughs> what recipe. I want There's is... one other recent post on our Facebook that I want to bring up. Oh, okay, go. Did you see this? Mark Davis no. said, just joined here on FB, found you through Talking Dead slash Breaking Good. Had to say, not sure if it's been mentioned yet, but listening in the archives and app 125, Jesse called the Super Bowl matchup Seattle versus Denver just one year too early. Pretty cool. Get off my back. Wow, dude. So you called it before I did. I guess so. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to that. Yeah, that's pretty interesting, man. Um, that's that's actually really great. I was thinking that we should do a uh, like a full house inspired beer, and a little bit of full house, a little bit of personal arrogance called Uncle Jesse's uh, oh, Porter. Man, that's perfect. Actually, at work we're getting a new shipment of hops. I'm really excited about. Mm-hmm. We're getting new Amarillos. We're getting Citra. We're getting Sriracha Ace. And I want to put together a session, a, a, like a session IPA, and uh, I, it could be Uncle Jesse's. Could be Uncle Jesse's Ripper Rye. I guess you'd have to make it a rye beer. <laughs> oh, I, that's okay. I can throw some rye in that All bad right. boy. Uncle Jesse's Ripper Rye Session Ale. <laughs> Why ri- I don't get the Ripper part, though. Uh, his band was called Jesse and the Rippers. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Good night, sweetheart. Love it. Well, it's time to go. Love so, it. Jesse, what's your first rec go? Uh, I only got one this week because yep. I woke up like 15 minutes before recording because yep. I'm sick as a dog. But uh, there's a new Humble Indie Bundle. Eric, you're oh going to like God. this. No, one. I Humble saw Bundle. It. Sid Meier's. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Yep. So a humble bundle, uh, you pay what you want, and the proceeds go to charity. And at Sid Meier's, it's got uh, Civ 3, 4, and his Ace Patrol, which I haven't played, Railroads. But if you give $7.88, you get Civ 5 and the Gods and Kings expansion. Uh-huh. If you pay $15, you get all of this plus Brave New World DLC, which is a pretty good deal. You basically get... All of that for the price of just the Brave New World DLC. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, if you go to HumbleBundle.com, that's going now for another 13 days, 13 hours, 30 minutes, and 38 seconds. Yeah, check that out. If you don't have Civ Five and we haven't convinced you, play Civ Five, guys. It's the greatest thing ever. I love it's it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and then my, uh, I, I'll only do one this week as well, but there's a, a show... It's on Netflix. It got recommended to me because I watched Idiot Abroad. It's called Stephen Fry in America. Not as goofy or funny as Idiot Abroad, but it's basically, you know, Stephen Fry, the the BBC uh, front man himself, going to every state in America. And it's really quite just Oh, really? Enthralling. That sounds a lot of fun. It's And, like, to see America from a British point of view and see what they revere and what they stereotype and... Like, I, I, I just found it really interesting to see every state through foreign eyes. Um and like it's literally the type of thing you can watch with your mom and dad or grandma and grandpa, and everybody will get an nice. equal amount of uh, of enjoyment yeah. out of it. So uh, Stephen Fry have, in America. Yep. Yeah. I have a recommendation. Okay. Just because he mentioned it, I freaking love Rick Steves. Oh, dude, Rick Steves. Rick Steves here. Just watch it. It's good. Local. He was written for the Seahawks. Yeah, he was. Plus, he was like one of the uh, one of the. He's he's on the forefront of the uh, recreational marijuana debate. I know. I had no idea, but yeah. apparently that's a thing. <laughs> Look it up online. This is my recommendation. Rick Steves, marijuana. It's time for a conversation. It's a full mm. thirty minute infomercial that he did about legalizing marijuana. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. All right, guys, that's the show. Thanks for joining us this week. And until next week, remember that wherever you go, whatever you do, please stay arrogant. Stay arrogant. Go Seahawks. Woo!